I've had nothing to do but think these past few weeks about our bloody history, about the mistakes we've made. What unites people? Armies? Gold? Flags? a better story and brand the broken. The boy who fell from the high tower and lived. He never walk again, so he learned to fly. He crossed beyond the wall. He is our memory, the keeper of all our stories. The wars, weddings, births, massacres, famines, our triumphs, our defeats, our past. Who better to lead us into the future? Fucking brand. Are you kidding me? I was so, so mad. Oh my God. Brand? Really? Let's start the damn show. Don't know what this term Welcome to Meet, Comma, Straight Up, or On The Rock, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? How do you like your life? I'm your host, Daydream, also known as David. Yay! Bravo, bravo. That was a, a wonderful, wonderful ending to a awesome, awesome television show. We got a TV show that gave us some closure. That was really, really great. So Game of Thrones, I'm really happy. Uh, It took me a minute to get happy. I had to watch the episode uh, like four times before I came into understanding of what I was watching and and, and how they wrapped it up, Uh, at at least the first half. And we'll get into explaining what I'm talking about later on. I also want to thank everyone who's uh, emailed me, who's also been sending me information about wanting to come on the podcast. Um, I also want to holler out my my homegirl Raquel that's uh, taking care of my merchandise for me with my shirts and you know my guests that have been showing up so I appreciate you all I'm also international uh, we reached out to the Philippines I'm gonna shut up right now we're gonna start talking about this Game of Thrones episode you know one of these things that Game of Thrones does is cinematography and to me this was awesome so there's this part where John is walking up to uh, Danny you know to try to meet with her and all of a sudden you see all this ash kind of like shake off and I'm looking at my wife and I'm, I'm like, is that snow? Is it still winter time? Like what, what, you know, did winter time reach King's landing? And she was like, no, 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 that's ash. And I was like, Oh shit. And it's Drogon. Like in a, in a quick few seconds, like I, I realized like this is the fucking dragon underneath all this ash. And John finally makes his way up there and Drogon like shakes all this fucking ash off. And I was like, damn, that shit right there is awesome. Like 
Like it, it, you can go all the way back to when they first started asking her, Danny, like, do you want to be the queen of the ashes? Um, and, and she was like, no, but now she don't even care. She don't even, you know, it's not her best interest to care. She is the queen of the ashes, right? That right there taught me a lot. Cause John sat there and looked at her and was like, yo, you the queen of the ashes. And now all of a sudden, you know, I, I got to talk to you because I want you to be something different. He's still, you know, in love with her, blinded by this love. And he's still trying to talk to her to help her see her reasoning or his reasoning. And she's still like, I don't care. I'm the queen of the ashes is kind of how she felt. That kind of made me understand that John was going to kill her. So that was important to me in this episode. I don't want to be your stinking hand anymore, says Tyrion. So he takes off the medallion and tosses it down the stairs. He did it so everybody could see it. He knew he was going to get killed. Uh, he he was actually done with love. Him and his love affair with the Mad Queen was over. I mean, she basically was like, you set your brother free. And he was like, what? You slaughtered an entire city. What you talking about? And she ain't had nothing to say. You know, so he just, he was like, yo, I'm done with you. And just tossed it, like, do whatever. Um, you know, there was uh, some, some very interesting parts in this uh, final episode. And uh, one was the guy walking, you know, with the flesh burned off. That was crazy. Um, He's just walking down the street like it was a normal day. You know, they just walked right past him and looked at him. You know, that was crazy. Uh, there was a guy on a building whose head was, his face was, and skin was burned off. That was crazy. You know, the the Mad Queen, she torched everything. Everything. Boy, oh boy, did they burn that throne, I'm telling you. You know, she torched it all. And, and they started this episode off, you know, I was okay with the first half of it. And it was that second half, you know, that, that kind of threw me off. But, you know, I watched it a few times. So, right on right on around, like I said, where Tyrion's walking around looking at the, the devastation the straight up destruction of this place that, you know, he grew up in, you know, this was something he knew well, you know, and he's, he's looking at it and he's like, damn, that last episode was the shit. <laughs> she burned everything, tore it all down. You know, he's, he's walking around looking for his brother and his sister. Uh, you know, he, he's hoping that they escaped, you know, to only, only find them, you know, in a final resting place. You know, he, he was pulling them rocks off. And he just lost it. You know, he was sobbing hard. You know, that was that was a bit much for me. Like I said, the first half of this episode was off the hook. You you couldn't. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. When they wrote this, I don't know how they wrote all of this into it. You know, there's a talent that some people have and they just had it. At first, I was really, really hot at how it ended. But the more I, I watch it, I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the, the craft they have. So, um, you know, Tyrion sitting there sobbing breaking rocks, you know, crying over their dead bodies. That was just powerful to me sitting there. Like you could hear him crying from his soul. And most of it was because, you know, he knew he sent Jamie there. They died where Jamie was supposed to escape. You know, I I thought it was interesting. And, you know, he kind of made another bad decision. And after that, he just said, I ain't making no more bad decisions. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to live no more. My entire family's gone. So, you know, he, that's when he made the decision to, to get rid of that medallion. You know, I don't want to be hand of anybody, especially the queen that, that is the queen of ashes or whatever. So, I mean, you couldn't tell, honestly, that, that Cersei and Jamie was smashed by rocks. I was a little upset about that, too. They look so good laying there. I, I was like, wow, they look good. And Tyrion's sitting there crying. And I almost felt bad, but I started to realize that they got crushed by these heavy-ass rocks from this building that was made of all cement. And 
they look like they just got a bump on the head and they peacefully sleeping. Like they just fell asleep. You know, at least Cersei's face could have been bashed in or something. You know, I think that would have been some retribution from the people that was hating on me about the last episode. You know, when I thought that it was okay that she died the way she did and people wanted, you know, her to really die. You know, at least her face could have been bashed in. I think that's what happens when you let other people put their hopes and ambitions on you. You start to think like they do. I think that's another reason why I had it took me a few episodes to watch this and, and like it. I really didn't think I was going to like this episode, but again, the more I watch it, the more I appreciate, you know, just the cinematography, the fact that there was closure. I think that's another part of the whole thing is that I'm so used to watching TV shows and not getting any closure that, you know, to actually have one that had some good closure that, you know, was spinning off to other episodes I could watch if I choose to. I didn't know how to react. So I think that this worked out pretty well. You know, again, the more and more I watch it, I, I like the episode even more. Um, you know, and, and I, I really did break my own rule because I, I expected, you know, Arya was going to be the one to kill Danny. I, I had a high expectation. And the last time we talked, I said having high expectations was the problem. You know, everybody over Cersei when they just knew Cersei should have died a particular way. You know, even at the end, when when John stabbed her, I was still hoping that she was going to pull off John's face and show that it was really her. My bad. <laughs> Putting my expectations on y'all. Trying to write something that people made a masterpiece of. I'm really appreciative of it. I think it just sucks that I don't get to watch this anymore. Or new episodes of it. Uh, because it was such a good show. Uh, and it's over with. So, um, you know, by the fourth time I watched it. You know, after I got over myself. You know, I noticed that. You know, the, the things that made the show great. Uh, for example, was, you know, Danny. When, uh, when John was walking up the stairs. Uh, before Tyrion came out and tossed off the medallion, um, Danny walked out, you know, towards the top, and she she sees all her soldiers, um, and John's walking up the stairs, and then Dragon, uh, his his um wings appear behind Danny, appearing to be attached to her, was kind of like wow, you know, I, I thought that was a nice shot. It, actually, I thought it was neat, <laughs> um, so I was really excited about that. She was also in all black. I noticed that again, too. You know, that was symbolizing her change that she was that was neat to me, you know, because there is an outfit time that kind of symbolized who she was in those moments and stuff. So when she walks out like this conqueror, kind of like what Cersei, you know, did when she wore her all black stuff and that kind of helped, you know, she was going to die. But, you know, you still didn't want to because she was like, I mean, if you watch the entire thing, you, you keep going back. She was really telling people the whole time what she was going to do. So. I don't know how we fell in love with her as as much as we did, but she was telling people she was going to kill everybody, rip out the stone, you know, and, and kill them in, in iron suits. And she had her plan already set. You know, we just we just try to believe, you know, that she was be, going to be better because sometimes she appeared to be better. But she actually lived out exactly what she said she was going to do. So and then, like I said earlier, you know, just the burning bodies, you know, as they walk through the town, through King's Landing, the soldier just walks right by. You know, they walk right by the soldier, too. And they just, you know, to the left glance. And this dude is like roasted. Half his body is just roasted. And they're just looking at him like, damn, they even try to help. Right. You know, Tyrion's face was like, I, I'm I just I'm done. He was on the rocks at that moment. You know, all these people were just burned to death and she had already won. So he, he no longer had any love for Danny. You know, the whole thing is about a love story. John, you know, got this love for Danny. 
uh, and he just couldn't see, you know, who she was. Tyrion couldn't see for a while, you know, when Varys tried to point it out to him, Tyrion couldn't see it because he loved her. You know, he said it in this episode, I loved her once. Um, and that just, you know, meant a whole lot when him and John were in Tyrion's uh, cell. Tyrion was trying to convince John to kill Daenerys, you know, unless the only thing that saved or made uh, John killed Daenerys was when Tyrion said about his sisters, about John's sisters. You know, they'll never bend the knee, so they're always going to be at war. You know, I know you don't care about you, but what about them? You know, because he knew that there was no stop in Daenerys, you know, so he had to say something. And then there's a part of my man, Grey Worm. Grey Worm, the executioner, he had no love left to him. And you can tell, you know, the symbolism in that, you know, these are the things that make this show great. You get to read what the characters are going through. You know, you get to feel, you know, the emotions and stuff that's happening. And, you know, watching Grey Worm from where he first started uh, with Daenerys all the way up to, you know, he's sitting here executing people. You know, no love in him anymore. You know, when uh, Masande's head got chopped off, that was all she wrote. He was he was down for the count. And and honestly, he, he really did say they almost die. So John's dumb butt goes and puts his hand on him. You know, so yes, John, even you. You know, if Daenerys told me to kill you, I would kill you. Uh, get your hands off me, basically. Grey Worm, the executioner, showed up in this one. Uh, and that's, again, one of them things, you know, when that love ain't there, you really go into hate and it's, you know, hard to come out. Um, and even in that moment, you know, knowing that Grey Worm was just a soldier, but he was also, as his character developed, became a better person. You got to learn more about him. He really kind of transformed also right around the same time when Daenerys did, you know, and there was no stopping him. So uh, the only thing that, that kind of made me upset was towards the end where I'm trying to figure out how Grey Worm arrested John. He killed the queen. You know, they arrested John. And, uh, shocking that John was there. Like, did John just say he doesn't know what happened to the body? She just left or whatever. But then when they get to that, that meeting, Tyrion talks about how John stabbed her in the heart. So I don't know how Grey Worm let John survive after he killed Daenerys, but that's just nitpicking. It was still a good ass show. The damn dragon. He almost made me cry when he reached over and he nudged uh, Danny a couple times, and her lifeless body just kept moving with the knife still in her, right? And you can see, you know, the attachment that he had. Uh, and at that point, I think I really started to realize that um, he was a smart ass dragon. Like he wasn't like some beast. He was pretty smart. Right. Um, and, and it makes me wonder how many of the decisions that, you know, happened he made while she was riding him. That sounds kind of nasty, but you you get my point. Well, she's in the air flying around this damn dragon. How many decisions did he make to just burn and do whatever he wanted to do? And she just went along with it. So, um, but again, that's nitpicking in the show, you know, not bad nitpicking or whatever. But when he nudged Danny, I, you know, almost cried because that was, that was real touching. And, you know, I thought John was toast for real, for real. That was neat to me, you know, that, that he smelled John and then turned and roasted everything else. He actually let John pass and get there and killed, you know, his mother. So I really thought John was dead. I thought it was on. Uh, John did, too. You know, he stepped away from the body. He accepted his fate. Um, and then, you know, Drogon went on and just destroyed the rest of the throne room, even the throne. You know, it, it was nuts. And, and it was it was crazy how, you know, Danny never sat on the damn Iron Throne. She touched it, but she never sat on it. So it's almost like that uh, vision that she had when she was sick and, and she went into that vision with that. I think it was a witch. She never sat on the throne. You know, she, that was her vision in that, that dream she was in where she had never sat on the throne. And that kind of came true, to be honest. So 
you know, I really thought John was done. You know, it was supposed to be. He he ran into that for that reason. It it was supposed to be done. Um, but because he's, you know, half and half, he got away. He got away. When you think about all the damage, just one dragon did that, right? Like, just flamed King's Landing, like, to bits, right? Even the throne room. Like, again, the walls and all the other stuff just, just were just destroyed. I, I even liked how he turned and he destroyed the throne that his ancestor had um, forged because his was so powerful. Right. So that tells you how powerful this damn dragon was. You know, that's, I guess that's what they meant back in the day. Now that I think about it, um, when we used to tell each other, you got the dragon, <laughs> basically your breath was so hot that it stinks. So we would tell people that they got the dragon, you know, it was popular from kid and play movies, uh, the house party movies. We'd be like, damn, you got the dragon. Uh, so it just carried over. We would say it all the time in school and stuff. So um, this is a visual representation of how hot people breath used to be back in the day uh, before people really committed to brushing their teeth. You had to tell them like, yo, back up. You got the dragon. Something else that stood out to me was, you know, Tyrion again, moving those bricks. He was struggling. You know, he knew what the final result was going to be, but he was just hoping that it wasn't that like he was literally picking up these solid bricks and just smashing them behind him crash um crash and you were like nah man with him right like you he was hoping and you were hoping with him that he wasn't gonna see what he knew he was gonna see you know he he sent his brother there and he you know i guess he probably guessed his sister would be there too because he knew his brother went to go get her um and he lined up the area to escape and it just never happened Again, they, they died together. You know, that was a part of their love and, you know, crazy stuff. Tyrion crying from the pit of his stomach was devastating to me. You know, when you see that kind of pain, not the fact that he was just like he was like the last Lannister. It was more of the fact that just, you know, the pain that he caused, you know, the love that he had for this person and, you know, how he was kind of betrayed, too, because he really trusted that she would do better than her ancestors, even though all the signs were there, even when he was around, you know, all the signs were there that she was just nuts like this. Like when she first got the Unsullied, and when you got to think about that, she first got the Unsullied and she traded one dragon for the Unsullied. And she was lying to the masters, right? Like literally lying. So you knew she was maniacal back then. So, you know, she, he's holding up, you know, one of the dragons and she's finally got the stuff that says she has the, the Unsullied. And then she turns and yells Dracarys and he burns the guy and she basically takes what she wants. She just straight up stole him, you know, stole the Unsullied and said that they were free. And then they ended up following her. Like, I mean, how you not going to follow somebody after they just did that? Right. Like to the masters or people that you're supposed to be liberating people from. But you actually kind of stole them. So back then they knew that, you know, she was crazy. If you think about it, whenever she had a problem, she solved it by burning somebody. So you just got to be real about how, you know, this person that we were looking at on TV, we just kind of liked the fact that she was an underdog, I guess, for a while. And our hate for uh, Cersei was really that much that we never saw Danny, you know, turning this way. To be honest, it's in all of us when you think about it. She saw her friend beheaded. She saw her dragon shot out of the sky. And she burned down a city for it. Ah, it's easy to judge when you're standing far from the battlefield. Would you have done it? You've been up there. On a dragon's back, you've had that power. Would you have burned the city down? I don't know. Yes, you do. You won't say, because you don't want to betray her. 
But you know, must it matter what I do? It matters more than anything. When she murdered the slavers of Astapor, I'm sure no one but the slavers complained. After all, they were evil men. When she crucified hundreds of Miranese nobles, who could argue they were evil men? The Dothraki cows she burned alive, they would have done worse to her. Everywhere she goes, evil men die, and we cheer her for it. And she grows more powerful and more sure that she is good and right. She believes her destiny is to build a better world for everyone. If you believed that, if you truly believed it, wouldn't you kill whoever stood between you and paradise? Honestly, that's a hell of a question, to be real. Uh, and and for real, Peter Dinklage, I, I remember him back from Niptuck. The man dismacting in this episode. Uh, he carried most of the season, if you ask me. I think he... He was one of my favorite characters, so I guess I'm kind of happy he didn't die. Going with this Shakespearean love theme, you know, there's so many circles that were closed uh, with relationships that started in the beginning, ended, you know, the Hound and Arya. You know, I I felt bad on the last one where he told her to get away. You don't want to be an assassin. You don't want to be like me. Uh, And she was like a girl again in that episode. This part where where Jon stabs Danny in the heart, we gave her every opportunity to change. And you hear in that clip right there where... Tyrion really went into his bag. He was really pulling him out like, listen, I used to love her too. And now once I took all that stuff away, let me tell you all these facts about her and how we have encouraged her to become worse. So we kind of created this monster, in other words. So it was, like I said, the more I watch this episode, the more I'm in love with it, the more I, you know, really appreciate the artistry that went into this. Like it took me a while to get used to it because of all the basic ads that happened in the second half of the episode where it really didn't care about Arya on a boat and I really didn't care about Grey Worm on a boat going somewhere and for like three episodes John and, and Danny have had this turmoil that I noticed and every time they went to go and touch and kiss and all this other stuff John would pull out so that's why it's kind of fitting that you know John stabbed her in the heart because you know in order to kill her he had to trick her he had to get close to her. He had to play with the love that she had for him and the love that he had for her. Uh, and that was a bit much. You know, that was, again, that was gut-wrenching. That was heart-pounding. That was, that was must-see TV, you know. You know, I knew once he kissed her that he was going to kill her. It, it was, you know, immediately. I did everything I could do except scream, you know, he's about to kill you because literally he, you know, hadn't been touching her, hadn't been interested in her. And then all of a sudden, you know, he gave her a chance to get out of this, you know, try to beg her to be better. And she just kept talking about conquering this and winning over the world. And they don't have a choice. And I'm what's right for everyone. And, you know, it, you knew it was coming after a while, you know. And then there was a brand like, <laughs> um, again, the more I think about it and the more I watch the episodes, Four episodes, you know, I got it on my phone. You know, I can watch it, you know, in transit. And I, even when I'm not watching, I can hear it. And, you know, and sometimes I like doing that. This this platform right here, that's why I like to play bits and pieces because you get to hear the, the words instead of, you know, seeing the video, you get the audio. And that'll help you put some of the stuff into perspective also. So I, I think Bran played the Game of Thrones perfectly. Um, when I when I watch it and I think about it more and I think about all the old episodes, um, Bran played us all. You know, he 
I think because he was able to go back in time, go forward in time, he was able to change and manipulate things to, so that it would fall his way, right? The even even the cover, right, with Ned Stark sitting on the throne kind of tells you that a Stark is going to sit on the throne. And because it's way back then, I guess I I should have never brought my futuristic mind into those times that are mythical or whatever. But I, I should have never thought that a female was going to sit on the throne. They would never let that happen back then. Right. Because men ruled everything. Even even um, even Sansa, you know, stood up and was like, you know, I love you and all little brother, but I got to do this. But that still wasn't and didn't carry the weight of the throne. Right. So I was a little upset about that. Again, that's me bringing those expectations in. But when I look at it, you know, I, I really think that Bran was able to go back and change events just the way he wanted to. Again, sometimes I overthink things. So I'm looking at it, you know, he was able to see the past, the future, you know, it was, it, it's kind of like Dr. Strange, right? That's what he should have done. You know, he saw all these options and he only saw one way. And the only way was for Tony Stark to die, to sacrifice himself in order, whatever. That's, you know, a different thing. But, you know, I think Brand knew he was going to win. You know, he, he engineered it. He made it so that everyone acted in the different ways that he wanted. You know, he even told John who he was, you know, he even told. Um, and I think he told Arya and Sansa to keep telling John, you know, that we're family. We're family. Just keep remembering us. Remember, we're family. You know, a lot of the hugs that Arya would give John would be like, remember, we're family. You know, remember, remember that. that. Um, and it, com it comes to play in this episode because, again, Tyrion was like, you know, the, the last thing that happened before John walked out the door was Tyrion really dug into him when he mentioned his sisters. You know, what about your sisters? You know, they will never bend the knee. And because they won't bend the knee, you know, they're going to be at war with her. So he kind of had no choice but to think about these girls that he grew up with, uh, this family he grew up with. Um, he wasn't a Targaryen for long, but he was a Stark since he could remember or he was. He always wanted to be a Stark because he had always believed that he was a bastard. So and that want and that need to make sure that his sisters were taken care of. And the fact that he's such an honorable guy, you know, it, it was no it, it was no no a no brainer. You know, you go into war with my sisters. I could end all this right now. And that's what he did. You know, John, John got played. We all got played. Uh, I think Brand plays one hell of a game of Thrones. If it's chess, it's chess. And he did it. And he sat there and played like a Kaiser Soze. You know, like he, he was nobody, you know, he, I don't want this. Don't give me that. When he engineered it all, when you go back to when he fell and he was uh, warding or whatever into the, the animals that he didn't know, even the story, you know, I thought it was going to climax with them going back to him being in the bed when his handmaiden was telling him the story about, you know, the darkest, deepest, darkest things that go on. And he was talking about, I don't want to hear a story like that. So I, I still remember and I pull all of that into this episode and I thought it was all a dream, like like Harry Potter ended, like um, stuff like that. So I'm I'm kind of, I guess, on the fence when I think about it, but I might even be out there in left field. But it doesn't mean that that's not a, a, a possible solution to what happened. Again, he played everybody. So he, he told John who he was. He told Sansa and and Arya who John was. Um, and he, you know. You know, after he told everybody everything, uh, Bran, that is, uh, he, he said to John or at the end, you know, where they're all meeting and they're trying to decide on who they were going to, uh, which to me is the end, by the way. The credits could have rolled after they announced that Bran was the, you know, 
the king of the seven kingdoms or whatever. But um, he said, you know, he didn't want it back then. But then all of a sudden he's talking about this is why I came so far. So, you know, I, I feel like I was played when I when I watch it more and more like, oh, shit, you know, brand played us. I'm happy that everyone has uh, been subscribing to the podcast. I appreciate you. And we also are international now. Keep emailing me. Let me know what's going on. Uh, you can reach me at N-S-U-O-T-Rocks. That's R-O-C-K-S at gmail.com. If you're interested in coming on, I'm looking for a new TV show to watch so that I can talk about weekly. I have it up by every Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Neat comma straight up or on the rocks a podcast that asks you how do you like your life if you're looking to reach us or give us some comments some positive or negative feedback you can send that to n s u o t rocks at gmail.com that's n s u o t r o c k s at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook youtube and instagram we are also distributed on anchor.fm forward slash daydream the dj one word google podcast spotify breaker radio public podcast we are there reach out let us know what you think p <coughs> too much to drink That's it. It's over. I'm crying because it's over.